Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. I'm here with the owner of Equilibrium, Yang. Yang, what's your last name, dude? Uh, Yang. Y- Yang is your last name. Yes. Uh, so it's my not full Yang, name is, Yang. Yeah, my full name is Yang Yang. Uh, <laughs> like, it, yeah, I know it's funny. You, you can laugh. Oh, it's actually Yang Yang? Yeah, it's actually Yang Yang. My so full name. Your first name. I thought you were joking, dude. Your no, first, I'm not joking. That's why. I'm I, not trying to be a dick. I, I just, just realized. Yeah, 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 I know, I know it's funny now. because I just realized how funny after I know how to speak English. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> After I learn English, I know my name sounds like Michael, Michael, or John, John, something. So So your family name is Yang, but also your surname or your first name is is Yang. Is Yang? Yeah, but different writing in Chinese. Oh, okay. Different meaning. That makes sense. I I had a colleague that I used to work with. Her name was Ching Ching. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. It was the yeah. first last name was the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought you were joking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry, joking. man. No, I was. I, I was I'm just a white I, I dude from the country of America. No, I, I was eleven in six on. years. I realized, like, oh, your name is what? Yang Yang. I said, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> even I told I told Jake before we came here. I was like, uh, yeah. so, dude, is it? You know, I don't want to be the dude to mess up anyone's name. So mm-hmm. I was like, is it? Nah, is normal, it Yang? Normal, is it Yang? And then I didn't know what your last name was. And you're like, it's Yang Yang. And I was like, I didn't know if you're joking. You know what? The most funny thing is like when I just. Like when I was registered, like my first like Facebook, when I was in London, it's like about twelve years ago or ten years ago, and then I couldn't. It wouldn't let you register your name. Yeah, it said don't be lied. Like please provide <laughs> your real lying. name. I said what? Lying, it is dude. my real name. That's hilarious. <laughs> so man. I have to change to Yang Yong. So Y A N G Y O Y O N G, and then ah, they get approved. And it, so and I, I asked Jake earlier. So. It, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like Yang or Yang. It's it's Yang. It's supposed to be Yang. Yang. Okay. Yeah, See. It's supposed to be Yang. Jake, you white motherfucker. You don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I asked. Hey. Yeah, I've only known you how many years. But only only Americans pronounce like Yang. Yeah, that's why I asked the, the pe- him. Yeah, the people from England like always like Yang. Yang. Yeah. I, I asked him earlier. Yang. I was like, so Jake, how do you say his name? Is it Yang or is it Yang? Because I Yang. don't want to say it like some um, like shitty American. And he's like, oh, it's Yang. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so I've got to ask you, man. Yeah. Anyway, dude. So uh, uh, yeah, Yang. I'm gonna get it right, dude. Nah, it, it's Jake okay. Really for me. Uh, yeah. Once the I, beer I goes down, it's gonna get worse, dude. It's yes. gonna get worse. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so Yang is one of the owners of uh, Equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, man, because I'd never met you before. Uh, I met you through Jake, and he mentioned sending you a message to have you come on the podcast. Man, it's cool to talk to you because uh, Equilibrium is one of the OG, like the old school gyms in Singapore. Equilibrium has been you. around as long as I've been in Singapore. I've been here since 2012, 2013. There's not many mm-hmm. gyms that have uh, lasted throughout all the years. So, I mean, you guys have some staying power. When did, when did you open up? Um, I think I, op- I opened up Equilibrium... 2013. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So it would have been mm-hmm. right around when mm-hmm. I got here. And you guys have a, a Takio, Takio yes. Tani as, your, as Takio. your head coach, right? Yeah, head coach. Yeah, right on, man. So what, uh, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, uh, Jake, if you don't mind, can you bring up uh, Yang's Instagram so that way we can see? Because mm-hmm. uh, Jake was showing me your Instagram earlier today. He, mm-hmm. Man, you have all kinds of people. Like, you've trained with a lot of people. You guys have had yeah. a lot of people come through the gym. Mm-hmm. He was showing me some pictures of, like, uh, you with Uriah Faber and stuff. Uh-huh. So, Jake, you want to pull that on the main screen? So, just trying to find the right one. Yeah, so you've been training for, uh, what are you, man? You're a purple belt? Yeah, I'm purple belt. How long have you been training now? Uh, I think eight years. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not a good guy. Like, if a, good, <laughs> if, if a guy good, it's supposed to be black belt. So Takio doesn't give out those belts easily, I suspect. 
Yeah, but I'm lazy. <laughs> I took, oh, I you're lazy. Honest, yeah, I'm pretty ah. lazy. I only like training hard like when I got tournament. Ah. Yeah, it's pretty bad, pretty wrong. But after the gym getting busy and um, my wife get pregnant, so I train less and less. Congrats on the baby, by the way. Yeah, thank you. you thank eight you, brother. Right? Yeah, first one. Yeah, first one. Girl, right? Yeah, girl. What's, what's her name? Uh, Osila. So is she uh, Singaporean? Yeah, uh, no, it's like my wife is PR, mm. and I'm still Chinese citizen. So, like, she and my wife are applying Singapore citizen together. So I'm trying mm. to get her PR. How did you end up uh, coming to Singapore, man? I'm curious, cause uh, you you opened up the business here. Were you doing something else before that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like um, I'm working in the private equity in Singapore, mm. like in the bank. And uh, my wife, her family just moved to Singapore, like as a like investment immigration immigrant, like try to move to Singapore to stay. So, but actually, after they get the PR, no one has time to stay in Singapore because too busy from the business in China. That's why me and my wife just come to Singapore. Right. Because before we come to Singapore, we were stay in London, so we plan stay in London. But our family say, one mm, we stay in. Like close to them, so we choose mm. to Singapore. They stay in China, is it? Yeah, they stay uh, in China. Stay so in China. how did you end up getting into the business trade or into the the gym trade? Because that's a that's a weird. When you came from banking, is it? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, I came like Jake. I, I used to be a school teacher, mm-hmm. so I came from teaching, and I'm always curious to find out. One of the things that a lot of people don't understand is, uh, especially like if you're a small gym. I mean, unless you're like Evolve, unless you're like one of the corporate gyms, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's all regular people who just have a passion for martial arts right mm-hmm. if you go to most gyms in singapore again unless they're the big big corporate ones it's usually owned by just regular businessmen people that love martial arts that maybe weren't even doing that as like a job it's just a passion of theirs so they wanted to open up a gym so uh, you always see it's like a lot of these regular people who just love martial arts and they do it in their spare time trying to open up gyms and try to find a way to be successful in a very competitive market like singapore Mm, not really though. It's like um, basically all the people who are close to me, my friends, know the story. It's like before I opened the equilibrium, like a bunch of my friends, they were all training at Ewolf. No, oh, right. Yeah, mm. and Takeo used to teach in Ewolf. Yeah, yeah, that's how I met him. Yeah, and then I don't know why he got fired mm. from Ewolf, and uh, like. How to say? Did you train there? Were yeah, you, yeah, I was you, training. So you were, so you were training involved training too. You yeah, might have yeah. been there at the same time I was. When did you train there? I used to train in Pomo. I was. Ah, uh, I trained in Far East. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I think I left there in like 2014, maybe. Yeah, that's why. Something like that's that. That's why. But I, to be honest, I really like how to say regret to open a gym. You know. Why do you it's, say that? Too much, too, too much job. It's a too, lot. It's too, a lot, right? It's not, nev- you're never making money. You're just like <laughs> break even, losing money, break <laughs> even, losing money, and actually. I'm not like want to open the gym, be a, like a part of the business, mm. or I don't want to open the gym for feel like a gym owner. Mm. I just like, for example, in the beginning, I was want to just train with Takio, for example. I, no, not for example, because like I was grew up in China and I went to London for university and a master, but I still like before I in the industry, I really think he's like martial art. So you have to pick up one teacher. You have to follow the teacher. Yeah. So when Takio get fired from Ewolf, I, I was remember I, I was so sad. Was he your coach yeah, at that time? Yeah, 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 oh, so he was coaching yes, you yeah. already at that yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Like I was so sad, and uh, like the other group friends of me, wait, like group group of mine, like we all feel sad. 
like because we just like even back then we were just white belt but we have a plan you know when you just study always yeah. want to have a big oh, I'll be a black belt yeah have a good plan yes I want to train me hard yes I want to train me hard I want to have a, I want to become a good black belt mm, I just want to follow Takio mm. and then he got fired so I still training at like Ewok for one year till my contract finish mm. and then Takio said okay why not we open a gym together and I say okay maybe it could work and then it's really hard for yeah. make it work. It's really, know? really hard. So for anybody listening that's thinking about opening up a gym. No, 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 no. <laughs> Training in the gym is more fun. You Training know? in the gym is definitely more fun. More fun. I'll tell you what, man. It is a, it's a lot. You know, people, people really don't, don't understand, especially in these times, like the COVID mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything's mm-hmm. changed. Uh, those gyms that are you have other classes too right you're not only yeah. bjj yeah I have muay thai so, so thank goodness you have something else because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the gyms that are really struggling are the pure bjj gyms yes i yes. mean they, they can't do anything except solo drilling like mm-hmm. but <clears throat> particularly in this climate it's tough man like the margins are really thin mm-hmm. it's not a lot of profit you got to mm-hmm. put in a lot of time i mean the only reason that my gym is profitable pretty quickly is because my wife and I teach every class. That's it. If you are the owner and the instructor, yes. you maybe can make some money. <laughs> That's it. You maybe can make some money if you're working hard. Dude. If you yeah. if you're working hard, if you calculate everything correct. <laughs> if you have to pay for like visas and you have to pay for all House, this other housing, yeah, all, no. no way, man. Yeah, it's we we live with I live with my wife's parents mm-hmm. and we're the only ones that teach everything. <laughs> so I got no rent. I yeah. got no rent to pay, uh-huh. and then we co- I don't have any instructors uh-huh. to pay, basically, right? So uh-huh. straight away, pretty much all we have to do is cover rent. So it's uh-huh. like, okay, if we cover rent, then everything Happy. extra <laughs> is just bonus, right? Yes, exactly. So, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, do you remember what it was like in 2014, 2015 when you used to go to the jiu-jitsu competitions? Uh-huh. There were like five, seven gyms. yes. 2019, the 20, 30 gyms on the list. Like, there's always these new gyms popping yes. up, popping up, popping yes. up. And then I just look around and I'm like, okay, there's going to be a cycle of new ones. Those ones are going to lead. There's going to be, especially after COVID, like a lot of these gyms are going to go because gyms are romantic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the romantic sense, like people idealize. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to open up a gym. We're going to have all these instructors. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But you don't really realize how difficult it is and how much work goes into it. Yes. Right? Until mm-hmm. you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to pay your employees. You have the social media, the marketing. The classes have to be run well. Mm-hmm. It's just like always drama pops up, right? With mm-hmm. the students and the students and instructors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff yes. that you have to manage on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why now it's like I'm... Pretty easy going with everything. <laughs> you learn to just yes, relax. Yes, right? I learn. So like when everything's happening, I say, I'm cool. I said it before. It's normal. I'm cool with it. Just br- it's okay. <laughs> brush it off, dude. Yes. Just yes. brush it off. Yes. Yes. But uh, you guys are one of the older gyms in Singapore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been so uh, 13. Mm-hmm. So you've been open for seven years. Seven years. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty long shelf life for, for Singapore. Yes. How'd you guys manage it? What are you, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Mm. I mean, everybody loves. Try to learn how to, like, the. If if I look back the history, I open the gym, is the way I learn how to cut the cost. Right. Slowly, 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 yes. slowly, slowly, That's slowly, right. slowly, slowly. In the beginning, you think you can get away with a lot. Yes. Right. And then yes. over time, you start to yes. realize. Yes. 
Man, it, gym is such a difficult business. It is. The margins are really thin. Before I was thinking the math is simple, okay? <laughs> <laughs> your cost is like your your cost, for example, your cost is one hundred and you charge one dollar per people, you have one hundred member, you're fine. No <laughs> yeah, I know, it's not no, like no, that. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's not like that. And then you have you juggle all the personalities mm -hmm. of your students, mm -hmm. the instructor. Mm -hmm. You know, you get weird days mm -hmm. where it's like mm -hmm. it's not working, some things are tough. Like, yeah, it's That's just right. uh the gym you'll have to have a good responsibility. Sometimes I keep the gym because responsibility, mm. not because I find or something. It's like you feel because you own it, right? It's piece. It's yours. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It's, it's like technically, it's like it's under my wife's name because she's uh, like the PR, so she's allowed uh, doing the business. But it so. is right. It's like I mean, your business is like in some ways, it's like your child, mm -hmm. right? You started it. You mm -hmm. started it from some place. You try to build, build, mm -hmm. build. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys have, have stuck around for a long time, and no doubt, a lot of it is to. Takio, I mean, he's probably the most uh, qualified in terms of competition, probably the most qualified instructor in Singapore. He's the only ADCC champion in Singapore. No. Who, who else? No, 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 no. Didn't Takio win ADCC? No, no, no. No gi. Yeah. The no, World No Gi, IBJJF. Oh, IBJJF. Yeah, IBJJF. No oh, I thought he won IBJJF. ADCC. IBJF. Okay, no. so it was World Championship in, yeah, in No Gi. Yeah. But so, I mean, he's extremely well qualified. He's been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Jake talks a lot about equilibrium. I mean, at least for him, when he came here, we're five minutes away from his work. Yeah, thank right? you. No, 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 I understand. No, I, I understand. Like, actually, for me, I, it's like, um, maybe Takio. Takio is still old school thinking, mm. but I'm not. It's mm -hmm. like, how to say, I think Singapore is so small and uh, how to say, in any business or any martial art or any sport, if you want to be have fun, you have to deal with people. Mm. If you like minding too much, like, oh, he go to that gym, he cannot go to my gym, or my gym cannot go to that gym, then you cannot have fun. Yeah. And then the, you just have smaller, smaller. For me, I think it's like, that's why it's like, I want to go to all the gym to training, open mat. I will come everyone from the other gym, go to my gym to training. For sure, dude. We should yes. definitely sort that out. Mm -hmm. Come here and train sometime. Mm -hmm. I'll go down mm -hmm. to equilibrium. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I wanted to do with this podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had, I've had students from pretty much every gym in Singapore mm -hmm. on here, I would say. I mean, I've had coaches from, I've had Major on, he's the head coach of Highlight Reel. Mm -hmm. I got guys from Impact, I get guys from Juggernaut, I get guys from from Equilibrium mm -hmm. now. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I've had people from every major gym on the podcast, and it's just fun for me, right, to sit and talk to mm -hmm. other owners, gym owners, mm -hmm. other students, and just, just talk shop, right? I mean, I love martial arts, I assume you do, everybody that, yes, that yes. comes here, especially if you choose to take this on as a career, like, there's just no question, you have a deep love for the sport. <clears throat> And for the training or for whatever it is, right? Everybody gets something different out of it. But when I started in Singapore, and I always talk about this on the podcast, but when I started in Singapore, mm -hmm. around when you opened up 2012, mm -hmm. 2013, mm -hmm. the gyms were a lot more tribal. People didn't cross-train as much. Right? Yes, yes. To, I used to thinking like that as it well. It was like that. Yeah, it was like that. But now, everybody goes everywhere. Like open When we have open mass, dude, we get people from every gym. Like It's gotten a lot better. I think right. it's normal. I think it used to be normal. like that kind of old school Brazilian yes, thing yes, where yes, people yes, wouldn't people I, wouldn't be yes, in the picture. Yes. You know, some I people, think because the whole world is going that way. Yeah. Really, really the whole world is going that way. For example, uh, because of Takio, so I know like some of his old teammates, like I bring them coming to Singapore and so um, I was asking for example, some famous Jiu Jitsu fighter 
I think in the animes from the match, they saw the fighting hard between mm. each other they're from different team. But then we ask them, oh no, he's a good guy, he's cool, we're training together sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I say, oh really? That was like five, six, five, six years ago, it's already like that, you know? Yeah. Like the young generation, they, they don't really mind. Oh, if you're really good, like, like I was asking Braleo and Homelo, I say, uh, do you mind training with people from other gym? No? I don't mind. Yeah, dude, uh, going back to your Instagram, I mean, Jake was showing me some mm -hmm. pictures earlier. Are you training with Braleo Stima? Are you training with Homelo Bahal? And mm -hmm. So can you pull it up, Jake, on the main screen? Yeah, there you go. Hey, so let's, let's roll through hey, your Felipe. Instagram, dude. You, you've been training with all kinds of people. It's you and Fiber. Big in it. So you work with, um, which, UFC, which UFC fighters do you work with? Uh, a few. It's like Song Yadong yeah. and the Liu Pingyuan. Yeah, yeah, because you've done, like you've cornered and them and uh, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and they're going to be have some more. going to be have some more in the future. Now they're training in the PI in Beijing, uh, in Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we wanted to get you in so you could give us some inside tips. Yeah, on actually, I got Ch some, Ch Ch Chinese actually, I got some gift for you too, but I was too rushed. I forgot. He's oh, like from okay. UFC. Excellent. So I, yeah, I'll I mean, you guys next time. Jake, for sure. Jake was mm -hmm. telling me that you've got it. I mean, that you're in sort of in the know with a lot of the Chinese fighters, excuse me, that fight in the UFC and mm -hmm. stuff like that. What's the, what's the scene like there? I mean, I went to China in 2017 mm -hmm. i went to shanghai back when i was at trifecta because mm -hmm. uh the owner was thinking about opening up some jiu-jitsu schools or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. in shanghai so we went there scoped everything out mm -hmm. which, which was cool but you could tell that a lot of the students were pretty unfamiliar with what jiu-jitsu is mm -hmm. i mean you've got a few fighters from china of course weili zhang zhang weili you have uh song Yadong, you have mm -hmm. uh what's the leech What's his name? Li Jingliang. Li Jingliang. Yes. Liang, you have him. Yes. And uh, so they're starting to really become a Chinese presence in, mm -hmm. in, in MMA, especially mm -hmm. now with the UFC Performance Institute opening up in, in mm -hmm. Shanghai. Mm -hmm. What's your vibe like on that? I mean, you, you feel like, do you feel like in right now it seems like Russia's just coming and taking over the UFC hard, right? Like you have a lot of Dagestani fighters, a lot of Russian fighters, yes. Khabib, yes. Pyotr Jan. Yes. Yes. I feel yes. like in five to ten years, China is going to be right there. I mean, they have so much, mm -hmm. so many people, so much of their culture is steeped in martial arts. And yes. then, of course, with Zhang Weili now, yes. I just feel like China is right on the precipice of just mm -hmm. bursting through in the next five years and having this huge wave of Chinese fighters, similar to like how the Russian fighters have come over the last few years. Mm -hmm. What's the situation like there? You're asking about MMA? Yeah, I mean, what's the... In China? Is it becoming more popular yes, now that you have all these... definitely more popular in China. Definitely more popular. Mm. For example, when I just opened up the gym, and um, my friends, my family ask, what are you doing now? I say, I'm planning to open up the gym. So, okay, what kind of the gym? I say, Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, because in Chinese, Jiu-Jitsu is same pronounce, as the the kind of other stuff you can float your body in the weird way. Wait, it's, it's, it's the same as what? It's <laughs> same pronunciation as one other sport. It's like, I don't know if it's a sport or something. It's like, it's a show. Like people can float your, your, your joints together. So, like, <laughs> I've never heard this before. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> if you go to the circuit, uh, you will see people show. The circus. Yeah, in circus. Uh. It's like people can, can yeah, like float uh, the, the, the oh, is it like, like, like uh, contortionist? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes. Wait, that, sorry, so my bad. Is, is my English is bad. No, dude, your English and is good. I didn't know that. So, uh, so, so in Chinese, like seven years ago or six years ago, if you talk about 
people people ask, what are you doing? I'm doing jujitsu. Oh, so you're very flexible. Is it, is it, so how do you say it in Chinese? Is it the same? Oh, so, and that is like the same as contortion? Yeah. Oh, yes, interesting. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. It makes sense, except you're, it's not willing, right? You're breaking the, against yes, their will. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. So imagine in 10 years ago, when people asking you, hey, what are you doing? You talk about jujitsu. In your mind, you imagine like <laughs> strong muscle man, black belt, beat up people. And then in his mind, you think about you, you, you dressing a tiny clothes. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah do clothes. something like that. <laughs> so it's totally wrong, man. That's funny, man. But now you're talking about jujitsu. Everyone know about Everyone it. Everyone knows. Yes, yes. Talking yeah. about BJJ tournament is like, you have to now you have to max 500 people. Yeah, yeah, I know. When I China. went to China, so mm -hmm. one of my old uh, colleagues is teaching there. He's teaching in Shanghai. His name's uh, Guillerme mm -hmm. Arujo. He's a, a black belt Brazilian guy, GFT. Mm -hmm. And he went and started teaching there full time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when we were passing through China, there was a couple competitions that were going on at the same time. So I thought about you know, if we were going by, do we enter or something like mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. They'd already had like four or 500 people in the competition. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. like, damn four or five hundred people like and all of them are white belts and blue belts right i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a there's like a couple brown belts mm -hmm. a couple of black belts in the country mm -hmm. most of them are imported right not a lot mm -hmm. of local ones mm -hmm. yet mm -hmm. but still i was like damn man 400 just white and blue belts just going to all these companies yes. i mean it just seems like a matter of time before china just explodes that helped mma a lot yeah you see because people know about jujitsu all because mma because yeah. MMA getting so much popular, everyone talking about MMA, and in China, some people start to gamble MMA online. I know oh. it's illegal, oh. but people <laughs> Once still Once the gambling starts, that. dude. Yeah. Once the gambling starts, it's going to become huge. Gambling they love stories. to gamble in China. Guys, put money on Song Yadong. Every time <laughs> he fight, I put money on him, Man. I win money. In Singapore, it's like I put money second round knockout, it's one nine, nine times return, dude. By the way, you should look at Song Yadong. Who, who was the last fight that he had that really good fight, close uh, fight with... Um, the Vera, Ma Malone. Who's it? Malone Vera. Marlon Vera. Yeah, uh, Marlon oh, Vera. Oh, great yeah. fight. Achito yeah. Vera, the guy that just fought Sean O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what yeah, a great yeah, fight, yeah. man. But, Ma but Marlon Vera... Small, he, yeah, he's a little smaller too, right? Because I think no, Marlon went he, up a weight class. He talked too, too much after the fight, <laughs> and we got <laughs> attacked from people from his country on Instagram. Uh, you know, he's from Ecuador, right? Or yeah, South Ecuador, America, Ecuador. Somewhere. Like people think, like people start like you're getting trolled by the Ecuadorians. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what I say? It's like, but I really understand what they're thinking because China, being from a poor country, like when I was a kid, China was very poor, so. Like we look up people from Hong Kong, Japan, Korea, like really, really poor when I was a kid. And then after Song win the fight, I got some comments like, okay, now you guys got money, you guys can buy, can buy everything, you guys can buy UFC, can buy the referee. <laughs> can buy the referee. Yeah, I, I say, like, okay, dude, then what can I say? Yeah. I've been there, I understand what you think about, so <laughs> just go. It's like it was, it was one fight, man. He's only had yeah. a couple fights in the UFC, yes, yes. but he's good, man. Mm -hmm. he, he's good. He's, uh, I mean, he's probably the best prospect out of China, I would say. Uh, of course, other than Zhang Weili, who's, who's number yes, one right now, yes, right? Yes, yes. Man, that fight between her and Joanna, that mm -hmm. shit was crazy. That's the best female fight of all time. Yes. Period. Zhang Weili used to equilibrium. She does? Yeah. Uh, hook me up, dude. Next time she's there. My wife loves her. But, my wife is a coach here. But, but here. we don't talk it now. Oh, oh, why? What happened? You got some drama? Some drama? No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Just because... Um, how to say when uh, like uh, I used to have a gym in Beijing mm. so now Zhang Weili's gym called the Black Tiger 
and uh, my gym like but before he called equilibrium black tiger so I opened the gym in Beijing together so and the Wei Li is the front desk gym manager and the fighter mm. and uh, we were working together for about two three years and then Singapore the gym losing money uh, Beijing losing money so the both gym losing too much money and then when I, every time I go back Beijing to try to make Beijing gym getting better, Singapore has big problem. And every time I go back to Singapore, the, the gym in Beijing got big problem. <laughs> and then, so I say, mm, okay, so I just, we, we end up peace. So I give all my share to my partner. I say, okay, I give everything, I just leave. Mm. I don't need cash, I don't need cash or anything. It's too much. Yeah, because uh, one gym is difficult enough. Yes. When two, yes. <laughs> two is but a lot I'm problems. telling you the story. I was bringing Braille Estima. Uh, went to Beijing, the, the gym in Beijing, do the workshop, like no, training camp for three days. And then the day one, after the workshop, Wei Li used to ask Braille, hey master, can you show me how to do a guillotine? Because when he's sparring with a man, they always end in that position. He always catch people guillotine. Mm. Man, you know, he, he was a girl. He always catch them big boy guillotine. Mm. And then the boy always get out. And then Braille showed him, okay, you have to leave your wrist like that, you have to make your shoulder like that, you have to twist, you have to look that, look, look up. And the next day, she submit everyone yeah. in the morning. She's, <laughs> she's so athletic, man. She's one of those women that you watch yeah. her hit the pads and you're mm -hmm. just like, damn, she's so Ta explosive. Takio used to, like, because when the gym just opened in Beijing, so I was sending Takio go to Beijing stay for a month mm. for check everything. After back, Takeo was young. She's so good, man. She's training even more harder than men. I think that's why she's success. You can see it. You can see it when mm -hmm. her strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. You watch her do strength and conditioning, like just hit the move, like weights, and you watch her hit the pads, like, man, she is fierce. Mm -hmm. And the crazy story about her is like, like five years ago, she was just working a regular job doing my gym front desk yeah, yeah front desk. <laughs> i mean that's crazy and now she's a champion and she had that epic fight with yoana yeah mean, yeah, yeah she, she's she's strong she was she was very good in because like the problem for chinese fighter is especially for the female is because we got the strong standard history yeah so all the female fighter who go to ufc has very good standing up game yeah. and a very tough mind because uh, some of them are national champion and the national championship in China is crazy, it's horrible, it's like... Very competitive, right? You have to fight for seven days mm. to get a national champion or get a state champion and then you have to wait, in, wait you have to check weight every morning it's like ADCC, mm -hmm. it's like, like Olympic, you have to check your weight every so you morning you can't cut weight or anything? And then, Back then in China, the coach don't know how to cut weight technically, so they just pass you the pill to let you pee. Oh, jeez. That's like, why like they are mentally so like strong. Diuretic, like they yes, give you just the pee. diarrhea. Yeah, 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 pee. yeah, yeah. Uh, just just make you pee everything yeah. out, like to, to make you weight, and then they go through the, like the, the national champion. Like they can be a national champion. Their mental is so strong. Yeah. So strong, but the uh, the other but the, stuff, the but, training, but but methods, the, 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 the the ground game are so bad. Yeah, Wei Li, why why she so good is before she got good standing up, her grappling was really good. She already had a base. Yes, yes, mm. and uh, her her jujitsu coach is like actually is you know like when Bruno Amorin used to working together with me, mm. so I was asking, hey, we need to open a gym in China, so we need a black belt there. And then Bruno was asking around back to 
Brazil. So like this guy, his name is Pedro Jodo. Like he's be before behind Bailey all the time now. So he he just like finished university. He's a black belt, and but he's like same age as me as Bruno, 35 years old. Mm. So he just become master. He don't want to compete anymore. So he want looking for a job. Okay, then we send him to China. Mm. So even we ending up. So even I leave the gym in China. So uh, Pedro still there. That's why he make like Weili's jujitsu is very good. Oh, that'll that'll do it. So mm -hmm. he's her jujitsu coach now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for five years since for beginning, years. since oh, beginning, so since we opened. Already. Yeah, since beginning. That, that's good, man. I mean, since that's beginning. the thing. Because all, all China needed was was instructors, right? When I went there, right when I was to Shanghai, it was pretty weird because uh, the the woman that I worked for has had 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 a bunch of taekwondo schools mm -hmm. right and taekwondo in china is really developed right mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. all very very good and so when i went the whole purpose was to maybe add jujitsu or mma classes to the program right mm -hmm. so we go basically what i did was my job when i was there was to train the staff mm -hmm. right and the staff were all taekwondo black belts they were all whatever karate kung fu all this kind of things right a few most of them were taekwondo and so uh, we do. We start to do specific training. I go over like the positions, right? The guard, the mount, side control, mm -hmm. the back, all of that kind of stuff. And as I'm going through the positions, everybody seems to understand it. And then uh, I remember we do specific training because I, I show them the back, right? So I'm like, okay, you need your seatbelt. You know, the bottom person, you try to pull the arm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. escape the choke, mm -hmm. and the other person try to get the choke, right? Mm -hmm. And then I remember uh, <clears throat> none of them had ever seen this before, mm -hmm. right? Which is fine. But then I, I'm, it's all coaches, right? These are all black belts who've been training martial arts for years and years mm -hmm. and years. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't think I needed to say anything, right? So I start on one of the coaches' backs. And then first thing I do, as soon as we start, we slap hands, we fist bump. I start mm -hmm. to go for the choke. Mm -hmm. He reaches down, grabs my big toes, and starts pulling my fucking toes like that. <laughs> I was like, ah! I mean, to be fair, he tapped me out. <laughs> to be fair, he got me, right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He t I tapped instantly. And then he thought like, oh, that was, I tapped the, the coach immediately. I was like, dude, you can't rip my toes off. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe I have to tell you this, but you can't rip my toes off, right? And then, so he didn't know you couldn't grab toes. Mm -hmm. To me, it just seemed very bizarre that anyone mm -hmm. would even consider grabbing the toes. And then I got the finger pulls and all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, I need to rethink this because they don't know anything, right? I mean, mm -hmm. to me... It's common knowledge. You don't poke someone's eyes. Mm -hmm. You don't pull their fingers. Yes. You don't grab yes. their toes. But they didn't yes. know. So they're yes. just like, oh, okay. Like, this is what you do. And then I realized that, like, it, it, it's pretty far set back. And then when you think of combining striking with wrestling, with mm -hmm. jujitsu, and, and all of that stuff, you could see that the, the it still needed to be developed on a large scale in China, but the potential is just crazy there. Yes. There's so many people. Yes. We went to all these Taekwondo schools, and every school that we were at would have like 30 or 40 kids. They're all in a line, right? Kia! Kia! They're all like kiaing and stuff. They're all like listening. The coaches are super intense. Yes. Right? The coaches are like, oh, and all the kids are terrified, right? And I just remember. That's like, right. Takeo's dream is he want to go to China be an instructor. He said, for sure, I'm going to make some good students and just beat them up all the time. That, <laughs> make them they, listen to you. <laughs> dude, they, they are very disciplined. I remember watching and I, I just, I don't know what your philosophy is, right? You're from China. Yeah. Did you train martial arts growing up? Mm, when did you start I training? Do sport, I do sport. Like, like I was in a basketball team in secondary school. When did you start school. training martial arts? 
after I moved to Singapore. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this then: What would you prefer? Right, you, you have a young daughter. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer? Because here at Stronghold, we ha- we have a really uh, expat community, mm-hmm. right? Because we're in Sixth Avenue. It's mostly mm-hmm, expats. Mm-hmm. So we get the Chinese kids, we get the white kids, mm-hmm, we get mm-hmm. the Malay kids, mm-hmm. we get the Muslim kids, we get, mm-hmm. we get everything, right? I think that, of course, you need discipline and need to be strict with the kids, but I don't want the kids to be, like, afraid of me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, line up! And they're just like, when I was in China, these kids were terrified. Like, they looked like they were about to get slapped in the face if they yeah. fucked around, right? Yeah. And, like, you could see that when the coach was like, hey, hey, they would all, like, it wasn't respect, it was fear, Right, and I was mm-hmm. just like watching this whole thing. I mean, the kids all listened because they were terrified, right? So they, <laughs> so they all listened. So in some sense, I thought it was d- disciplined class. Like, I mean, the mm-hmm. kids all knew not to not to go over the line. But I think you should live somewhere in the middle. If the kids mm-hmm. aren't having fun, probably not the right move. They can't just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't know if they. I don't feel like they should also be terrified of the coaches so i mean what was it like for you growing up is that pretty typical or is that Mm, i think it depends depends it really depends because so-called china is too big and the population is huge so have like so many different class of people and then those parents have different requirement some want it from Some want kids. you to be strict as hell. Yes, from, Others from their want kids. More from relaxed, their kids. Right? That's why it depend, depends the area. For example, like even in Beijing and Shanghai, in in some neighborhood, all the parents is very chill, and the teacher is fine. The kids is play around. They still still have some gorgeous kids, genius kids. Like yeah. have some good result in the sport. But some in, in, in like in, in in some school area is like. They not they not smile they don't laugh you know yeah. <laughs> like the spirit for us so it's like very difficult to explain what's going on in China because too big too many people basically like for example in Singapore maybe the people like that only one percent but in China still one percent but it's like one million or <laughs> yeah, two million, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of people. million so, people so you're still a lot you, and you see different kind of people everywhere so it's difficult to describe you get the but, whole spectrum yes okay. but from me it's like because my parents is from middle class so they require me a lot what did your parents do um so my my mom doing her own business and my dad is a police officer oh really interesting yeah so like they require me a lot. So you were doing all the activities. You were always very busy, right, with stuff to do, and they were pretty strict. Mm. Okay, medium, I guess. Kind of. They, they, they ask me a lot, but because they're too busy, they cannot watch at me, you know? Uh, it's a kind of weird feeling, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they has high required, high demand. It's young. You have to be that, be that, be that. But then even I not be there because they're too busy. They just, oh, yeah. and then <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But I understand that like, people from different class, they have different requirements from the kids. Mm. And then that counts the teacher doing in a different way. But this is true. For example, in China, the majority, if the coach play around, oh, this is a story. Before I was play, bring Takio and Bruno go to China top team to help Leach preparing his MMA fight. Yeah. And then because uh, Bruno want to fight MMA, he was fight Kunlun fight. And so he won, and he had one fight in America, so he's good in grappling, so he want to improve his striking, so we go China. Mm. And then it's very 
the same as you. And then the China top team don't like the, the, the black belt at that moment just because the black belt is too soft. Smile to the student. Oh, don't beat too, them up. Too nice, huh? Too nice. <laughs> it's like they are old black belt who are like my friends. Old school. Like old school. Now he go back because he got some visa issue. He went, like his name is Hui and he was from Bela Horizontal and he's used to share the, uh, share the uh, same room with Juculino. Mm. And Juculino is Takeo's teacher. That's why we know yeah. each other. It's a small, and then, so Hui, when Hui got, got his visa issue, he went back to Brazil, so he found this black belt from Japan, Flywheel. He's a really nice guy, cool dude. And Bruno uh, and me, we are his friend as well. Mm -hmm. Now, he opened Gracie Baja with Pedro in Beijing. Oh, okay. He's a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. He was like, hey, if you, if you get hurt, you don't have to train your heart. Yeah. Smart way, you know? Brazilians are like that, man. Brazilians will smile at your face. Like, hey, they're very... And they'll fucking kill you. Like, no, when no, you but roll a like, They but smile Flavio at your don't. face, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just because Flavio is too nice guy, they don't like him. Uh. <laughs> they really they don't like him. Uh, see, this is the difference between, like, having a gym that's focused heavily on competition mm -hmm. and having a gym that's trying to be profitable. Mm -hmm. Right, like mm -hmm. if I'm gonna come in, if I'm trying to open up this gym in this area, mm -hmm. I can't just come in and like destroy my students. I can't like fuck them up. I can't just like ruin their life. Like this is a different thing, right? Like I need every person that walks in this door to enjoy their time here. No, I think you have to be profitable first. Yeah, and then otherwise the whole thing is gone. Yes, right. I mean everything's yes, yes. gone. But you know, I think that there's a middle ground, right? And the middle ground to me is like. Okay, you come in here, you train for fun, mm -hmm. you get one version of me as a coach. Mm -hmm. You come in here, you want to compete, you mm -hmm. get a different version of me as a coach. Exactly. That's the move, right? Exactly, yes. Because then the exactly. casual people exactly. can come in, it's always fun, it needs exactly. to be fun. Exactly. They need to want to come back here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then, okay, you want to do the competition, now you've committed to something that's much mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. uh, difficult. You committed to something that requires much more attention and focus and discipline. So mm -hmm. then you get a slightly different version, right? And, and that's the move because- That's why it's difficult to open the gym. That's why some people sometimes they ask, but they don't mean it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then you, it still confuses you so much. Okay, you have, okay, you ask, but I still have to make you happy. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. It's interesting, right? Because you're maybe the second, other than major. You know, major, major overall, the head yeah, coach, yeah, yeah, great guy. Yeah. One of my closest yeah, yeah, friends. I like him as well. He's awesome, man. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. But he's the only other person I had on here who's an actual gym owner. Mm -hmm. So it's quite interesting to talk to another person about mm -hmm. like, you know, the sort of trappings that you get. I think it's quite good for listeners because most of the people that listen to this podcast are just jujitsu nerds, mm -hmm. right? People that train locally have, you know, going through all of this and the people that are very dedicated, I'm sure, have thought about what it would be like to open a gym. And it's a, it's a trip, man. So you had gyms here. You had gyms in China. Mm -hmm. What, <laughs> what? I guess what lessons did you take from from that right because you're dealing with two different demographics you're dealing with two different types populations so you you've got some experience there so what, what advice would you give to the the young jiu-jitsu practitioners listening to this that are like have this idea in their head like we're gonna open up a gym together it's gonna don't be open the gym <laughs> don't open the gym That's really it's true don't open the gym yeah it's tough it's like it's, it's, it's tough. for example if you how to say Actually, you can open the gym, but you really have to think about it clearly before you open the gym. It's really competitive. It has a responsibility. You have, it's, it's not an easy job. It's a hard job. It's, 
You're not gonna get rich from it. It takes a years and years to get used to it. Yeah, I mean, you might you might make money, but you're not gonna get rich from no, it. No, like, no, Like that's no, not no. that's not gonna happen, no, man. That's no, not gonna happen. No. It's um, it's interesting to hear because obviously I'm, I'm like both of you coach me sort of thing. It is mm-hmm. fascinating from my perspective of you know the person who shows up to class to hear because uh-huh. obviously you know, I absolutely love training at equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't have never left if my job hadn't moved where it was. Obviously, I love training here. My mm-hmm. kids train here and stuff like that. So it's fascinating from my point of view of the person who just shows up to class. Like, oh, this is this is nice to hear the perspective of well, there's a lot that goes on behind the scene and there's a lot that goes into it to actually make those classes you know fun for the students make the students enjoy it and stuff like that like it is very interesting to hear the perspective well there's a there's a lot of nuance to to owning a gym right i Mm -hmm. mean we mentioned earlier about like our business model is based on the fact that it's owner Mm -hmm. taught right so me and my wife and we have two other business partners we own the gym but we teach all the classes like Mm -hmm. for us that was the the whole move Right, and it's because one, it allows us to cut costs, which mm-hmm. is really, really important. Mm-hmm. But it also gives us a lot of control over the curriculum. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how many coaches that you've had run through Equilibrium, but coaches can sometimes destroy your business. Exactly. Like you can have a I lot to, of I used to has, with coaches. Man. I used to has five coaches in one small gym, just like half your size. Mm. <laughs> five people on salary, right? Yes. They no, all have their own. The people opinion. on salary even more. Five coach, yeah. two front desk, one gym manager. Mm. And they all have their opinion, right? They all have their own issues. They all have all of their problems and all of their stuff that you as the owner. Lucky is Thai guy don't have too much issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. nice. It's nice. That's that's the move. Man. That's nice. That's good. So I mean even for us, right? And it's even trickier for us because yeah. we're an MMA gym. Uh-huh. So we have boxing, we have uh-huh. Muay Thai, we have uh-huh. kids jujitsu, we uh-huh. have kids MMA, we uh-huh. have adult gi and no gi, uh-huh. right? So we have an extremely diverse schedule, uh-huh. but uh, only like three instructors that teach everything. So for us, that was the bottom line, right? And then you think about what that entails, right? That entails number one, paying your rent, right? Paying your utilities. Uh-huh. Then okay, we're getting on the ground level now. Then you have to deal with making sure the students want to come back in class, having mm-hmm. a curriculum for every martial art that you run. Mm-hmm. You can't have a bad day. You can't come in pissed off. Yes. Right? And then the students see that and they mm-hmm. feed off that. You can't, like, if you have any of these issues, man, it's a, you have a toxic work environment. That's another mm-hmm. one I've seen at a lot of other gyms, mm-hmm. right, is you have all this. So there's just so much that goes into it that you don't see and then you deal with like the marketing and then all of the drama between the individuals the student and the instructor and then every instructor has they want to teach their thing and then all you know it's just infinitely complex right and you're just juggling all of that stuff exactly and and, uh yeah for us the number one business model was no drama yeah same coaches teach Uh all of the stuff so you don't have a lot of yes a lot of problems oh and and then otherwise is i used to watching my documentary talking about the gyms in america Mm. There are so many famous gyms. Even they have UFC world champion. They are on the age of the broke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they are sometimes making money, sometimes don't. So listen, even the famous gym in America, in Europe, in Australia, with a huge population, they cannot 
make a lot of money. So don't think a gym can make a lot of money. Yeah, unless no, you have no. tons of investment and you're very, very smart. That's different game. game. That's a different game. That's corporate. Right? That's, That's different corporate. game. That's, That's you run a martial art gym in a fitness gym way. Yeah. If you run a martial art gym, same as a fitness gym, you have a lot of instructors selling the private. Totally. So the instructor can pay themselves. So you can run it if you. It's different business. What was uh, excuse me? What was what was difficult for you? Like, was there something that stood out to you? I mean, I I think for the people listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. there, there's some valuable information mm-hmm. here, right? Two gym owners talking about mm-hmm. some of the issues that they had. What was there something that stuck out to you when you opened up? Where you like you didn't think it would be a problem, and then all of a sudden you're having this recurring issue. Was there anything that stands out from like uh, difficulties opening up or maintaining or or something like that? Mm. It's difficult to find in a short time. Yeah, there's a lot, right? Yeah, there's, it's there, a lot. There's so many day to day. So many things I'm going in my mind. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, for for me, it was the marketing. Yeah. Right? For me, the marketing was tough because I don't know anything about marketing, and this is the thing when you become a gym owner. All of a sudden, you're responsible for the curriculum, the prices. The price points, right? You, you, you're you responsible know, you, for the marketing. <laughs> you're responsible. I'm the fucking head janitor, dude. I mop the floor. My wife and I clean the floors. Like, all the laundry. Like, every little thing. But this is why we can make money. When I worked at Trifecta, right, mm-hmm. there were two Thai coaches, two or three Brazilian coaches, mm-hmm. me, who did both. I mm-hmm. taught striking and I taught mm-hmm. grappling. We had two admins working mm-hmm. plus the owner of the gym. Mm-hmm. So five or six people mm-hmm. every day. My wife and I do the same work, just two people, <laughs> right? Which includes mopping the mats, right? Like cl- the basic mm-hmm. bitch shit no one wants to do, right? It, it's included in that. And so then you think about like something that I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't study marketing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to make people find out about this this thing, right? So something that, that really struck me in the beginning because for the first two or three months, we had like four people in class, five people in class. That's it. Mm. Right, it was the same like four or five people every day and got to the point where like month three we were just like damn how do we we had to start to figure it out we, we had no idea right and then we started trying to figure out social media and doing all of these things but it, it was a learning process right i mean even though like i'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu i'm a white belt at running a business it's been one year right so you have to learn all of these things That's why as you go. I, I, I never think about marketing. Yeah, right. <laughs> to be honest. But then you're like, oh, it's probably it's, pretty important. <laughs> it's really difficult. You know, it's like sometimes people come into the gym asking, is this Ewolf? I say no. No. <laughs> because <laughs> on the same street on Ultra Road. Because they know marketing. Yes. Say whatever shit you want about Evolve. They know yes. how to market. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But I, I think we never could, could be businessmen like that. Yeah. For for run a business like that, you have to. You must have gotten better. Your, co- at it your cost over of the, the months supposed to mm. be twenty percent is your liability, like your rent, mm. your bill, your utility. Supposed to be only twenty percent your cost, and eighty percent is your marketing. This is how the big gym running. Once you make break even, right? yes, you get to the point yes, where you're profitable, yes, yes, then yes, so yes, much of it. Yes. And then you know what's even weird about that, right? The marketing. So. I mean, this was, again, stuff I didn't know how to do. Like, I had to build the website, mm-hmm. right? And the first one I did was shit. Mm-hmm. The second one was a little bit better. My right? website used to get the hike to become a porn website. They used to what? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, it's been, got someone hiked for... 
Oh, I got hacked. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. For once, like it's uh, like all the prong pornography is on the website. Oh, oh you got trolled. You got hacked, and the yeah, porn came yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. All of a sudden, you're so like looking at your website. Week, There's no. tits on your yeah, website. Exactly. And you're like, what? I didn't sign up for this. Exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's the thing, right? I didn't know how to make a website, but then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we need one, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you have to. This is something you have to figure out. So even when it comes to marketing. You have to decide like, okay, how are you gonna market your gym? What are your like taglines? Now you need photos. Now you need like clips of people training in class. Then you need to make like a fucking commercial for Instagram or for whatever it is, right? I mean, there's just so, Uh, everything is, you need clothes. You need to make a shirt. I know something more difficult than marketing now. Right? Uh, Yeah, I I got something that's way more difficult than marketing. What's that? The bill collection. (laughs) The bill collection. Yes, yes. To be honest, like I was checking by last year, mm. I got legally I got five hundred thousand uncollected bill. Uncollected. Yes. Five hundred thousand. Yeah, five hundred thousand. Yeah, Singapore dollars. Oh my God, bro! You gotta get on. You gotta start breaking some kneecaps. You gotta get a baseball bat and show up in people's house. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's <laughs> difficult. Yeah, but but, sure. but it's calculated. For example, oh, you're getting cheated, For example, man. like you signed your like you signed one year contract. And you just left. Yeah. And then it's really difficult because in China, why the gym becomes successful? Because it, it, there's a WeChat. And you're using everything from WeChat. Your marketing from WeChat. Your contact your student from WeChat. The payment gateway is from WeChat. Mm. In Singapore, it's very difficult for the small gym. Yeah. For example, do you have Jiro in your gym collection? Jiro uh, G- collection, no. We use, uh, no, right? we use Glowfox. What's that? Glowfox. It's like an app. It takes all the payments. It does. It's the, it's the sort of infrastructure that all of the web that everything's built around. So people check in. Like right now, we only have we can only have ten people in a class, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to check in on this app and they have to pay through the app and then it shows who uh, all's in the class. That. So that's what we. It's use. like, like. But from my story is, for example, from my own experience, I used to train in Ewolf, mm. and then when I was back to China for a while. I stopped the frozen mem- my membership and I didn't go you work for one year. They're still charging me every month. <laughs> you know? You know the guy that the guy that gave me my black belt. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I'm like a Hodger Gracie uh-huh, lineage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh Nick Gregoritis gave me my black belt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's Hodger Gracie's first black belt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so it was really interesting. I mean, I don't know what your experience has been like with uh-huh. with Takio with other instructors, but uh-huh. it was interesting for me because from my history, mm-hmm. most of the black belts that I met, all they were ever interested in was teaching me jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any business talk. Mm-hmm. Right? It was all like, this is how you do an arm mm-hmm. bar, this is how you pass the guard, this is how you sweep. Mm-hmm. From no instructor that I ever had taught me any business about running a gym. Mm-hmm. Right? But then in the beginning of last year, middle of last year, whenever it was, when we opened up this gym, we affiliated with Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is... Uh, Nick, the guy that gave me my black belt, it's his affiliation. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because the first time I ever met him, he came to Singapore. We paid for him to do it. He taught some seminars. Mm-hmm. All he talked to me about was business. He didn't tell me how to do an arm bar. He didn't tell me anything. Right? All he talked about was like, this is what you need to do to have a business. This is what you need to do successfully. Number one thing he said, get as many students as you can on recurring memberships. Because uh, so many gyms, they you, you can pay for the full year in advance. You can pay with cash, and then it's cheaper. He's like, no, no, no. 
Get everybody to pay monthly. Yes. Get them yes. on the credit card. I don't card. like I don't like upfront payment. Yeah. They make you looking good. Okay, I break you in this month. Yeah. Your books. <laughs> then they don't have to pay the next. Exactly. Like, you, you, your books get all yes, fucked up. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, oh, I'm good, exactly. and then all of a sudden, for two months, you're mm -hmm. bleeding, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when you get those people paying monthly, mm -hmm. monthly, mm -hmm. we do ours bi-weekly every two mm -hmm. weeks, because then mm -hmm. it's even clearer, right? Mm -hmm. So our payment structure is every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And all he told me the whole time I ever talked, I mean, I met him, I was already a four-stripe brown belt for like two mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. So, right, all he was interested in was talking to me about business, and it was so refreshing. Man, you he got was a like, really hey, good teacher, man. Yeah. I have zero sides about business. Dude, I loved business. it. But this man, is the guy it's, that... It's very important. It's, it's so very important. important. I didn't know any of that I shit. I learned that after four or five years. That's yeah. why. That's why I changing my bills, like structure is so much more better. Because before, I tried to make people stay long, right? So it's like they have upfront payment and uh, every month's payment. And uh, like if you sign a one-year contract, it's very cheap per month. Mm. And many people just come two months and never, never show up. Yeah. That's why you have to get them on the recurring thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. then you can estimate, okay, I have exactly this much coming mm -hmm. in every month. Mm -hmm. Then all the other stuff mm -hmm. is just bonus, mm -hmm. right? It's just on top of that. But your monthly nut is covered because mm -hmm. you see, oh, I have this much coming in every single month. It gets consistent. For gym owners, it gets much easier to process because there's some monthly yes. uh, income that you can yes. clearly see yes. as you go. And for gym who can got that, that service to ask the bank automatically charge from your, your yes. account, mm -hmm. all big corporations, yeah. like Fitness First, California Fitness. Because they know. Yes. They know. No, they, they, have, they, have, they have like 10 million in the bank. So that's why the bank will do everything you, you want. It's like, okay, the, I was called DBS. They said, can I have a personal banker? Okay, three million. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a personal banker? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. okay, bye-bye. Yeah, but you know why they do that? Because yeah. it makes sense, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is the thing. So this guy just kept giving me all, all it was was business talk. Mm -hmm. He told me, excuse me. So he never told me how to do an arm bar. He never told me how to pass the guard, mm -hmm. but he told me how to structure my class. Mm -hmm. He told me how to, to, to prioritize certain types of payment over others. Mm -hmm. He told me, he told me like nonverbal ways to communicate with somebody. Mm -hmm. he, he literally comes up to me one day and it's funny, right? I told this story on the podcast before. So the first time I met Nick, the guy that gave me my black belt, he mm -hmm. comes up to me, he, he puts his hand on my shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, gives me a squeeze. And he's like, it's nice to meet you. He looks me in the eyes and he talks to me. I noticed it, but I didn't say anything, mm -hmm. right? It's just when somebody does that to you, you kind of know. If they put their hand on and they squeeze you and they look you in the eye and they shake your hand, and it's just, it's physical, right? And so mm -hmm. something triggers mm -hmm. in your brain mm -hmm. where it stands out from every other introduction that you get when you meet people, right? Mm -hmm. You just mm -hmm. don't think like that. Yeah. So he comes, he sh squeezes my shoulder, he looks me in the eye, he shakes my hand, we start talking. I noticed that he did it, but I didn't say anything. Then the next day, he's, uh, he comes in, he observes the class, he gives me notes, not about my techniques that I'm teaching, mm -hmm. but about how I'm teaching the class. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you should teach it this, or you should do this move, he's like, do it this way, right? Which is like, make sure you bow into class every time, don't talk when other people are talking. He gave me other tips like, uh, when I teach a technique, mm -hmm. after I teach it, ask people, Give me a detail. Tell me one detail about the arm bar I just told you. Oh, you, you pull up the elbow like this. Okay, next one. Give me the, another detail. Okay, you, you stretch out mm -hmm. and then you post on the shoulder and mm -hmm. throw the leg over. Okay, the next detail. You pinch the knees and then you break the grip. Whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you, you go through because if they're starting to drift, they're not focusing so much. It, yeah. it draws them back in when you question them, right? Mm -hmm. And then 
So he gave me all these details. And then he told me afterward, he's like, yeah, and boys, he said guys specifically. He's like, guys, especially jujitsu guys, they're very into physical contact. It registers differently from them to mm -hmm. most people on the street. And he's like, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but when I first met you, I looked you in the eyes, I touched your shoulder, I squeezed it, I gave you some kind of physical connection, and then I started talking to you. And I was like, dude, I noticed that the second you did it. I didn't know that what you were doing. And then he told me that yeah. it was like a technique he uses mm -hmm. to like get people to focus on and connect with him instantly. And then he gave us all these other details about like if you get a text message or an email, push it to a phone call so you're actually speaking to them. And then when you speak to them, get them to physically come into the gym to see you. It was all business stuff. Ask him come here, do a workshop for yes, us. Yes, but not even jiu-jitsu, right? I just yeah, had a for business, business for workshop business. for yeah, the it's guy. Very it was excellent. It's very it was excellent. important. I loved it. And then mm -hmm. uh, you know, now that I'm getting to the point where we've had the business here for a year, I'm starting to train in my head. Nobody listening to this will know who I'm talking about, but in my head, I'm starting to train assistant coaches, people that I want to teach the classes in the future. And mm -hmm. I'm really, really like aware of all this business stuff that I never had. And I, I really appreciate that. No one ever talks about the business of jujitsu, the business of martial arts gyms. They're kind of just like have an idea in their head and then they go and mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, someone like you has experience doing this stuff. So I feel like you can relate to the challenge that's so different from like training and then trying to make it a successful business. Yes, and um, when you try to make the business become success, your training never fun anymore. That's yeah. why I, I find a manager now, I try to go away from the business, I wanna enjoy the training. Yeah, Yeah. so you're still training? I you, still training, I still training. When was the last time, do you compete? Last year? Oh, you competed last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Here, here in Singapore? No, like uh, Asian Championship. Oh, nice. Mm. How was that? How did that go? I got silver. You got silver? Yeah. Excellent. You're a purple belt, right? Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. But I was so bad in the final. What? What happened? I made, I made six zero in first minutes. Mm. I sit down, sweep and mount. <laughs> And then the guy take out sweep me about me. It's oh, like <laughs> just right, right yeah. away. So it's six zero, like twelve six, twelve eight, and then I got the unbar last minutes. I was, feel so bad. It happens, man. But that's mm -hmm. a good fight. Mm -hmm. All you can ask for, man, is a good fight. I, I don't care if you win or lose or whatever. Like if you have a good match, like there's always always progress you can make. But I think I kind of give up. Tired, or because you were up so much, and then as you started, that's to why I, lose, I didn't happy. You know, it's like, like mentally you just started. Yeah, to I think mentally I give up. That's why I mm. I, I, I become loose. Mm. I think I think that's why I wasn't I wasn't very happy, mm. and also because I was training for five minutes and then the fight was six minutes. I said, mm. oh, <laughs> yeah, extra minute. You feel that, hey? Yeah, yeah. I've done that before. I've mm -hmm. given up in a fight, man. It, mm -hmm. it happens. Like uh, I remember my pro debut. It was kind of a give up. Like my pro. MMA, my first ever pro mm -hmm, MMA fight, mm -hmm. uh, I got my ACL, no, no, uh, my meniscus torn mm -hmm. in the first 30 seconds of the fight, right? Wow. And the guy leg kicked me, mm -hmm. he leg kicked me one more time, mm -hmm. he tried to leg kick me a third time, I jumped back, mm -hmm. and then my leg like went sideways, and I landed like on the side of my foot, mm -hmm. and it just tore my meniscus. Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time, and then um, I finished the first round, and then uh, I was on the top, ground and pound, I, I, I won the round, I won every minute of the round. Mm -hmm. But I was on the top, throwing ground and pound, throwing elbows inside the closed guard. 
And then uh, right as soon as the round was over, I stood up to go back to my corner and my knee didn't have any stability. That's, I think knee is really diff different. Yeah, know? but I remember, even though there's something there, I also remember thinking like, it was already, already fucked up, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like I could still move on. Other people would have fought through it. Mm -hmm. That's where my head was, right? Mm -hmm. And after the fact, I was like, oh, did we lose, uh, who's his? Yangs. Okay, okay, we'll finish up soon. But uh, I remember thinking other people would, would lose this. You could probably flip that one. Yeah, totally the move. But I remember thinking other people would have fought through it. And it's like once you get an injury in a fight, there's no going backward. It's already injured. You're, so it's not going to get like worse injury. It's already torn. It's already fucked up. And I remember thinking like for months and months and months after, I was like, I quit. I quit. I could have fought through. You know, maybe I would have gotten knocked the fuck out. Maybe it was better for my brain mm, if but, I did. But, There's all but, these things that go through your head. But to be honest, the, the ligament is always a different scenario, especially the mm. knee, you know? But the meniscus is not as bad as, like, the ACL. You're right. You're right. How, how, how you feel? Both. How you feel at, at, at the moment? You feel loose, unstable? I, or? I, I, I f it was unstable, but I, I remember feeling scared more than anything because I knew I had... A somewhat serious injury. I was fighting a really big power puncher, mm -hmm. and I knew I was pretty seriously injured. And then I like, I had to decide, right? I was like, do I continue with this? Do I risk getting fucked up while I'm having a, a serious injury, or or do I back out? And then I'm having trouble putting weight on my leg, and then I'm in the corner, and the doctors or the the nurse, I think it was a nurse, uh, that was telling me like, oh, I don't think you should go. And then I was just like, okay, fine. But, but to be honest, I, I know some people, he go through the fight when he got a break arm, broke, broken arm, but he give up the fight when he got a knee injury. Mm. The feel is different. Uh, really, it's really, scary too. The, the feel is really different. For mm. example, if you got the, like, you, you feel, ah, my bone got this, like, like, how to say, friction, mm. or, or I broke my forearm, or maybe I broke my toes, you still can fight, but your knee, Really, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really different. Knee, back, and neck you know? are rough. It's but, really different. It's but, really different. But you know what's interesting, mm -hmm. though, is like, how many times have you competed? A few? I, I compete quite a lot. Before, quite regularly. Like, I like every year, four times, four, five times. Oh, so that's quite mm -hmm. frequently. So mm -hmm. you understand the, the mentality behind competing, right? Mm -hmm. You, you mm -hmm. always have in your head an expectation mm -hmm. of how things are going to go. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go well. Mm -hmm. And then so much of the issues that you have are mm -hmm. just reliving it. What could you have done differently? What mm -hmm. could you have done this? Mm -hmm. Even though, even you telling me like, oh, you, you think you, you gave up during the fight. It's crazy, right? How you get into yeah. your head about, yeah. and you're like, but that's why it's so good because would you rather never know what it feels like to be in your head thinking about that because you never did anything or would you rather have those difficult thoughts about yourself right like if you have a tough fight and you don't come through the way that you do are you happy because you found out something about yourself mm -hmm. or are you disappointed because maybe you found out something you didn't necessarily like about how you did it would you rather know or would you rather be like naive and just pretend like you're great, you're excellent? You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I rather know. You rather know? Yeah, right? I rather know. Because rather sometimes know. you you come to you meet the occasion, and then mm -hmm. other times you don't, or maybe you're just better, or maybe you're worse than the person that you're competing with, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's just putting it out there, mm -hmm. putting it on the line that, that mm -hmm. makes it special. I think. Mm -hmm. Whether you win or lose, right? I mean. Yeah, but it's very difficult to make the plan before the fight. Mm. I understand it's like when the fight not go through with you, 
it's like you were thinking you're, you're gonna do something but this just not, just didn't happen when do you feel the most stress is it like right before like f- five minutes before you compete I just feel stressed the first fight. After first fight, I'm okay. Yeah. I just stress always stress first fight and final. Yeah. First fight and final. After first fight, I'm okay. And then final. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, yeah, which is crazy because even yeah. like just being in a final mm-hmm. is already a testament to your skill. But that's what it's. It's really funny feel, you know. When you go to the final, you're kind of okay. I'm in the final. I want to give up. Oh, I don't want to give up. I want to champion. It's like it's the most difficult time you're fighting yourself, you know. Yeah. It's like I, I some really, really most time you lose because you you lose yourself. You don't mm. want like for me it's like that. That's why every time in the final it's like, I'm in the final already. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah. I didn't train hard. I didn't prepare well. Oh, I want to be champion. Always like that. Always like that. That's why sometimes I hate to be the final. You know. Mm. It's like it's uh, one more fight in my mind. I should be really just to get silver on the. You get medal, you're over with it, right? Yeah, just get medal, you're happy already, or you're you're really, oh, it's difficult, really difficult. So much of it is mental, Mm -hmm. right? So much of it is just that psychological, Mm -hmm. those things that you go to. Because, uh, I mean, I started out wrestling. That was my Mm -hmm. first ever amateur wrestling in America. Man, your mental is very strong. Well, it helps. Because wrestling is hard. But I remember going through those, Mm -hmm. same thing, all of those competitions, and then I just remember, like, you know, even here, if you compete in some of these jujitsu competitions, especially if you're, like, under 76 kilos, mm-hmm. you might have four, five, six fights. Like, by the time you get to the last one, you're just drained, right? You're just so mentally exhausted. And you're, Man, it's you're, crazy. I used to fight, like, 76 kg blue belt adult euros. Mm-hmm. I saw the line. I said, I don't want to fight. Yeah. You're like I'm good for one or two, but, like, I don't want to fight, man. I don't want to fight. And the blue belt is, like... Man, Blue belt is the scariest. Crazy. It's the scariest so, division so scary. to compete against. So scary. I think it's the worst. It's worst. Because you could you could you could be a blue belt like competing against somebody who's like a black belt, mm-hmm. or you could be a blue belt competing with a fucking white belt. Like mm-hmm. the spectrum. Like once you get the purple or brown, you pretty much know what you're dealing mm-hmm. with. Right. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with good technical people. Mm-hmm. But blue belt, I've rolled with. Blue, I've been tapped by blue belts before, and then some blue belts like have been training for a year or two. That's the Wild West, dude. When you're a blue belt, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you go to those competitions, that's when you never know what's going to happen, right? Exactly, I mean, exactly. That's a wild trip. Mm-hmm. That's the most unstable rank in jiu-jitsu, I think. That's why fight is a mental game. If your mind is strong, you, you will be strong. Yeah, yeah, because you definitely meet those people. I've met those people that you just can't break. Even if they're white belts, they're beginners. There's some people that have that thing in their head where you just, like... I teach a few Russians. Like, like Mia Brothers. The Mia Brothers. Yes. You rip their foot off. They don't give a shit. They're like... <laughs> Man, like, there's a story. I know the story is, like, um, for Joao Miao. And, uh, like, this Majid tell me, when Majid came to Singapore, before he came to Singapore, they went to Russia for the ACB fight. And then, like, he and the he and the Joao both supposed to stay in the backstage. And that, that was right after World Nogi. And I think Joe get a gold medal, mm. but he got a toe hole. He didn't tap, so <laughs> they but, never tapped to those yeah, toe holes. Yeah, and Majid, Majid told me he showed me the photo. He's young. Look at his ankle. He says his ankle is like, like this big, purple color. For sure, you need to put some casting like that. Yeah. And he was in the backstage alone, no corner, no teammate, just sit back there. 
shaking as you were. Yeah. And Majid tried to be nice. He said, hey, bro, are you okay? Are your foot okay? Because Majid, he's American, but he's the, Brazilian He's as well. the one that did the footlock to him? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. But uh, they, they fight, they they fight together, same, same, same date, in yeah. the ACB, in the Russian. And then he said, do you think your foot can fight? You don't have to fight, you know. If you need someone to talk, I can help you go to talk to them. Mm. And Joel just look at them, open his back, open the bottle of painkiller, <laughs> put in his mouth. Tequila? Painkiller. Painkiller. Pen, painkiller, oh. Yeah, painkiller. Oh, yeah. The hand of painkiller in his mouth, put in his hand. Let's go. And the, the pre-workout. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. The pre-workout with 200 milligrams of caffeine. Let's go. Water. Painkillers and caffeine. And I can fight anyone, anywhere. <laughs> Just go. That's it, man. It's crazy. Yes. Some, some of this stuff is crazy. That's interesting, man. Yeah, because uh, everybody has their different limits, right? Mm -hmm. I told the story last week on the podcast. I teach some Russian kids. Mm -hmm. And these Russians, man, they're just bred differently. They, they like pain. They like it. They're, you know, most people are averse to discomfort or pain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. And good people, like just well-balanced human beings, ha like they look for difficulty, but not too much, right? They want a strenuous life, but they don't want to like live with it. Russians are different. The harder, the more difficult, the better. I had this kid come in. Uh, I, I teach the brother. The brother's called Vlad. He has a twin brother mm -hmm. called Fiat. They're both from Ukraine, but mm -hmm. uh, Crimea, which is now Russia. And uh, these guys, like, it does not matter what you do to them. They just want, they want to be, they don't even want to go harder. They want to be beat up more, right? This is the weird thing. Like, they don't want somebody to go harder with them. Like, they want you to hit them harder. And I'm just like, guys, you, you don't need this. You don't need this in your life. Like, I want you to be good and technical and defense. And they're just like, no, only heart. All they care about is heart. You beat me, you beat me, you beat me. I keep coming. All is heart. I'm like, no, I want you to keep your hands up. And they're like, no, heart. And I'm like, guys, no, seriously. Just <laughs> protect yourself. Good defense. And uh, all they talk about is just heart, heart, heart. That's they right. Sometimes jujitsu is good for those kind of people because you can control them. Yes. <laughs> if you just the striking, out. they maybe make you tired. Just bring them down <laughs> yes. a little bit. Yeah, chill just out. Just chill them out, man. Chill out. Some people need that. Some people... Could you imagine if... If some of these people that do jujitsu, they train martial arts, they didn't have this as a way to just exercise those demons. If they didn't have a way to just get this out of their system, they would all be starting fights in the streets. They would all be like crazy mm -hmm. in jail, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like mm -hmm. martial arts has helped so many people just deal with their aggression and their stress. And pretty much everybody listening to this podcast can probably relate mm -hmm. to that just feeling in your chest when you're ready to just you want to go punch something or punch someone or do what you just have this aggression and it's such a positive way to channel that energy you know with like without exactly. it exactly without it what, what was it like for you what were you like uh so when you started martial arts had mm -hmm. you always wanted to do it did you see mma and then it hit something in you like what, what was the catalyst the starting point for you wanting to train Oh, it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I used to skateboard when I was young, and I was like running a skateboard company when I was in London, and I sponsored some skaters, and I skate myself as well. And then I broke my knee, broke my elbow. That's why I understand you feel, you know, I hurt my knee so many times yeah. from skateboard. So you're like, I get it. Yes, yes, I get it. I know knee is, is a huge issue. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yes, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And then 
So I had the surgery, my knee, and then I broke my elbow. So look, look this part is still oh, yeah, a bit pointed out. out. Yes, yeah. yes. And then I decided cannot skate anymore because after I getting old, if I fall, like it's, I feel really hurt. It's really hurt, really hurt. Yeah. And I moved to Singapore doing business. And one day when I walked past Ewolf, I saw people like brick fall, front row, back row, rolling. I said, hmm. Mm. What is this? Yes, maybe I treat, but I know it's jujitsu. Oh, so you knew you had some knowledge before. Of yes, what it because was. because from manga when I was a kid. From manga. Yeah, from manga. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know jujitsu since like yeah, you know, like it's a ma funny manga talking about karate fighting sambo, and then the guy pick up some move from jujitsu. Ah, interesting. It, yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you yeah. found out about. Mixed martial arts, jujitsu from manga. Yeah, from manga. Wow. When I was a kid, oh. so I always want to do. But I go to skateboard, like it's so much fun, hang out, like just the skating. And then it's oh, maybe I start training this again. If I know how to jumping, front row, brick fall, maybe I can skate again. It does help. <laughs> yeah. You learn how to fall. Yes, important. yes. But after I train jujitsu, I don't want to skate anymore because I don't want to get hurt. Stop, mm. stop my training. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> yeah. you, you're like oh, jujitsu is safer than skating. Yeah. Getting strangled and have your arms simulated being broken all the time is like mm -hmm. way safer than safe, which is true. It is safer. Mm -hmm. It is safer for the most part. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of funny that like a combat martial arts in your head was like way safer than skateboarding, which it is. It definitely is. Yes, but accident in front of me everywhere. <laughs> so what was your uh, what was your like first day in like? What, did you have that point where like somebody started to like choke you, do these things, then all of a sudden you're like, damn, I need to learn. Oh this. yeah, the the first day Takio put me sparring with Amos. He's a guy who used now he stopped training. He's a bodybuilder now, very strong. But he used to a first the Singaporean world champion. Oh really? When he was white belt. Mm. When he was white belt, like Takio bring him go to America fight like world championship. He 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 won five fight. He fight five times, mm -hmm. I win five fight, I get world champion. Wow. IBJJF? Yeah, IBJJF. Amos? Amos, Amos Cha. Oh. He used to be very famous because when he was white belt now, like the brown belt from other gym cannot pass his guard, purple oh, wow. belt, very flexible, but he trained very hard. Mm. Like, I still remember, there's a Hanzo Gracie behind of the gear, right? Mm. When I go to Amos' house, because he got a house, sometimes he training in his backyard. His gear, the Hanzo is gone. Oh in one year because training too much on yeah. floor, oh, spinning really? too much. Uh, so did he burn out? Is that what Man, he did? And then the first out? time Takio put me sparring with Amos, I was 26, 27 years old, like strong, heavy, Amos like 15, 14, small, grabbed my pants, suddenly he's on me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. And suddenly he's on me and then I realized he told me, tap, tap, tap. I don't even know how to tap, you know, because he's, he swept me straight on the triangle, sit on me, and I don't know tap, I just, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And then your eyes, yes, open, yes, right? like, yes, oh, shit. oh, shit, there's so much here, yes, you know, it's funny, so much fun, yeah. everybody has that story, mm -hmm. everybody has that story, like, you know, it's like coming out of the cave, right, where you're mm -hmm. in this dark, this darkness that you don't understand and then all of a sudden you come out the light hits you your eyes are open mm -hmm. and you realize like the jiu-jitsu is a superpower mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and the go back to be honest remember you was asking me the teacher in china must be serious right yeah. why there's so many instructors in Wolf back then 
Why I choose to Takio? Because Takio never laugh. He's very serious. I said, oh, he's a good coach. This guy. This guy. This guy. This guy. He's the one. This guy. This salty motherfucker yes. is the one that I want. This guy. <laughs> it's funny. I was always like that it's too. Like, because, because sometimes I know I'm doing wrong. And then the other coach, maybe they're too busy. They don't say anything. But Takio scored me like 100 times. You motherfucker, you're doing wrong. I show you something. That you can not do. I said, mm, maybe he can make me good. <laughs> you know, some people love that. Like yeah. you get, it's so weird with coaches, right? With instructors, because I'm the same way. My Muay Thai coach, mm -hmm. Kronoi, mm -hmm. Kronoi Sidyotong, he used to teach at Evolve as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and he was the Muay Thai coach at Trifecta. He's the same way. He's salty as fuck. He never says anything <laughs> nice to anyone. Like you, you're hitting the pads with him. He'll just swat you in the head. You're like, oh God, and then just keep hitting you. But then somehow after it's done, you're like, that was awesome. Like, it doesn't make any sense why you like that, mm -hmm. but some people love a coach who's uh, aggressive with them. Some people don't yes. want a coach that laughs. Exactly. I'm very, like, loud and gregarious and, like, I'm happy and yelling and joking all the time. But some people like that, just that salty person and just beat them up. It's so weird. Like, everybody's got – you wouldn't want that as a business owner. Right? No. In your head, you that. wouldn't want that. You don't want that. But some people respond well to that, mm -hmm. which is weird, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't plan for that. You yes. can't be like, you know who I want? Somebody that's unrelatable, that's super aggressive, that doesn't smile or laugh. That's who. But some people love that. Like, so it's, it's weird. It's weird. I think um, Takao, obviously, like, brilliant, like, brilliant, brilliant coach for me. Mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll throw it up as well. What absolutely amused me was, I'll put it on the screen. That he was at, like my daughter's first ever BJJ lesson with him, and he was just a completely different person. He was like an absolute sweetheart to her. Uh, looked after, after he her. got a daughter, I think. Yeah, zoom that in. Yeah, that's him up there. Like, mm -hmm. zoom my, in so uh, we can see that. Oh, right. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Indy's first ever lesson with. with oh God! Look how young she is. Yep. Jeez. But, like he, he, he was a I mean he's a brilliant coach but mm -hmm. the difference between him coaching me as an adult and then looking after her making sure she's and in fine. your head you're like thank god because if that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah I want to get Takio on the podcast I, I know he probably won't do it Bruno I, I talked to Bruno about it right because Bruno Amarim came on the podcast mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was like yeah the Equilibrium guys and then Jacob mentioned you and I was like yeah Takio for sure and Bruno's just like ha 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 good luck with that ha 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 yes 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 good luck getting him on here no difficult yeah difficult you know, the Brazilians are interesting, right? Because you can either, some of them are extremely outgoing. They love to talk. They mm -hmm, love to mm -hmm, laugh. They love mm -hmm, to, and then mm -hmm. other ones are just like, you know, they don't, they don't talk much. They go in, they teach their classes, they leave. Yeah, it's a trip. Even Takio's friends cannot, cannot find the Takio. He's, like, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's not, he not, he not even on the internet. He said, if you want to see me, come to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk to me, come to meet me. <laughs> That's a good move, man. I bet you guys must be, uh, and maybe we'll finish, up, finish off on this point, but mm -hmm. I bet you guys all must be dying to just get to phase three, right? And we can roll yeah. and do jujitsu again. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, hey? Because uh, we've been I, pretty I, busy. I heard, but I heard they're going to... They're gonna, they're gonna announce something soon in a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> announce, something, announce something in a few weeks. Get so ready, we're gonna few, announce uh, something before too long. Yes, yeah, it's That's uh, too difficult for us. I, yeah, it's difficult for us too, man. I mean, BJJ was our most popular class, probably 60 to 70 percent mm -hmm. of our students were only including kids, were only BJJ. I think, and the BJJ is. 
is good for for Singaporean, good for people in Singapore. Yeah, everywhere yes. I've gone, that's always the yes. most popular class. Mm-hmm. Some people like Muay Thai too, but yes, for sixty to seventy percent of our students are mostly BJJ. So I know as soon as they announce it, we're gonna explode. You guys mm-hmm. will too. Like so many people have been wanting to train for so long that like once they announce, hey, BJJ's back on combat, uh, combat sports. Physical contact, it's all good to go. Man, the, ju- the jiu-jitsu gyms that have managed to survive this mm-hmm. whole ordeal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are just going to be bursting with students. Like, But also, I think we have to be ready. We yeah. cannot be a situation like when phase two open, everyone, boom, come to the gym first day. And the boom, everyone injured second day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone, yes. oh, that's fine. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> I even thought about that, yes. right? Because yes. I, 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 had a, I have a, a speech in my head yes. already yes. on the first day that we have jiu-jitsu class where I'm like, everybody, I know we're so happy to no be more, here, no. but settle down. Because if you get... To, if you, Take out eight months of yes. pent up, no rolling on your sparring partners. Everyone's going to be dead tomorrow. So pace yourself. Don't hurt each other. I already know I'm going to have to say this. There's a funny story in China. A group of my friends planning to open the gym just for themselves. So there's like 20 of them raising money up for the gym. So during the renovation, about two months, everyone get injured oh, and out yeah. of the spot. Yes, I know. It's totally true, man. It does happen. We had a... So, do you train striking as well? Do you train Sometimes. Any? So, I mean, I, I, I do everything. Boxing, mm-hmm. Muay Thai, since the beginning. Right? Mm-hmm. I always did jiu-jitsu, striking, all of that stuff mm-hmm. the same. So, I teach everything. I teach boxing, Muay Thai. And in Muay Thai, I like to teach the trips. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll like, they'll sweep the leg and they'll dump you and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the problem is a lot of my Muay Thai people don't know jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. So, they don't know how to break fall. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so, they don't know how to fall. And then for like two weeks, I was like... Because to me, it's MMA, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we can kickbox, but I can trip you. Mm-hmm. We can't, I can't double leg you. We can't, mm-hmm. I can't mount you because it's too close, but I can dump you, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, for MMA class, we'll do striking, we'll do trips, we'll do dumps, we'll do mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then I did it for a weekend. Three fucking people got injured, right? And we're dealing with corona times, right? So if I lose three paying customers in a span of a week, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta be careful with this. Yes. And it's this, it was the same thing. People, not knowing how to fall properly, I got really excited because I'm like, there's no rules that say you can't teach trips. It's transient contact, right? It's quick. I'm not on top of people. And then, Actually, yeah. it's fun tricks. I like. I like it. Trips, they're fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Everybody that does MMA, especially mm-hmm. if you're kickers, mm-hmm. if you get on one leg, that's mm-hmm. the time to, to trip people, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, man, once we get jujitsu back, Gyms are gonna explode. I can't wait. I can't it's wait. It's gonna be so nice. Also, I cannot wait. Come, I'll come here to do open mat. Please, man. Please. Yeah. And I'll send all my students to Equilibrium. We'll do a thing. You come here one uh-huh, week. I'll uh-huh, go there uh-huh, one week. I'm uh-huh. cool with all that shit, man. Yeah, I yeah, let my yeah, students yeah. train. Yeah. I have some students that pay membership here and they also pay somewhere else because they Me like too. they want to come here Me for too. one thing yes. and they want to go there for another thing. Yes. So I'm I'm a fan of all that. You're, uh, Get Yang in Spider Guard seminar. I still everything you taught me about Spider Guard still to this day. Is that your move? Is that yeah, your favorite? Yeah, yeah, That's your favorite yeah. guard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider Lasso. Actually, it's like, is um, is our lineage special specialized because yeah. Takio moved to moved to Asia in 1994, 1995 with Jokulino to promote his video called Progressive Jiu Jitsu. 
he's talk about spider guard lasso already. So Juclino mm-hmm. is a kind of fir- first people doing spider lasso. So everyone like we do spider spider lasso. See, I, I hate that. I don't want to roll with you ever now. I don't want to roll with you anymore, dude. I'm an MMA guy, man. When it comes to collars and sleeves and lassos and barambolos but, and spider guard, I'm just like fucking kill me but, right now. But but I, 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 to be honest, it's like for us, we train too much gi. Uh-huh. It's easy to catch us guillotine. Ah. Every time we sit up like this. Hello. <laughs> what about heel hooks? How's your heel hook game? Are heel you, hook. Have mm. you have you done any of the new age stuff? All of like the Danaher. Yes, I will. I I, I I I I bought all his videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, me too. You have to, man. You gotta keep yeah. up with the times. Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's let's definitely do an open mat. We'll mm-hmm. do. We'll, we'll co-promote. We can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll talk to you. I'm I'm totally down. This podcast, one of the number one things I wanted to do was just like talk to people within mm-hmm. the community, organize training, get to know people. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I love this shit. So, and I'm, I think we have to survive maybe till October, November, December, January. But I'm telling you, man, the wave is coming. Once we get yes. out of this thing and they allow contact sports, mm-hmm. like where everyone's going to see a real, yeah. real and nice I hope spike. the ADCC can still ongoing in Singapore. Yeah, it's supposed to be December, right? Yeah, a lot of people from China want to come to compete, though. Yeah, 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 I hope so, too. I don't know if it's if it's doable, but I hear rumors they're trying to do a one championship show in October. No, they have. They have one championship, I know. In Singapore? Yeah, in Singapore. Yeah, they're scheduling it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's supposed yeah, to be done, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I keep hearing so, the same thing. So apparently there's going to be some form of, I don't know if anyone else knows this, we might be breaking some news. But the one championship, their rule is very strict, you know. Yeah, because they, they, I like, heard only Australia, Singapore. Yeah, so that's what I heard. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, the people who fight one championship, they cannot come out, uh, come out to the hotel. Yeah. And uh, every time you go to the hotel, you have to do the test. Oh yeah, I know. Black inside your have nose. You it? It no, no, it no, no, no. I had to do it. It sucks. No, I saw my friends did it. It's horrible. Yeah. And in China, they do two sides. Both sides. Yeah. Just be safe. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, they offered me a fight. One offered me a... F- well, they told me about a fight in mm-hmm. March or April. Because mm-hmm. uh, Bashir... You know Bashir Ahmad? Yeah, The yeah, Pakistani yeah, guy? Yeah. Uh, I'm friends with him from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the promoters now. and uh, Or one of the executives or whatever. And he told me about a fight in March that I was going to... That an opponent they had for me. They didn't tell me the opponent, but I agreed to do it. And then that was like the same month Circuit Breaker mm-hmm. hit. So I was wondering if I know they're supposed to do a show here, if maybe they're going to send me something, send me an opponent or something for October. But now that shit's too soon, man. I haven't rolled in a year. How the hell am I going to compete in a fight? How do they expect people? I guess people can train in like home Mm -hmm. gyms Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But like Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a fight if you can't. I haven't rolled since March pretty much. I don't know how they're going to. I guess they're going to find some guys who are just like, fuck it, let's do it. (laughs) With no no training. Because even Australia, I heard it's going to be basically Singapore versus Australia. Mm-hmm. And I know they've been on lockdown as well. So I don't know if they're doing jiu-jitsu or what their rules are. But they're, like, Victoria is under, well, I think it's still under strict lockdown. So they're mm-hmm. not even kickboxing. So if they do a fight in October, it's probably going to be pretty pretty sloppy. Because <laughs> those people have not, will not have trained for a long time. But yeah, dude. Once we get some, uh, once we get rolling again, let's let's mm-hmm. figure something out. We mm-hmm. can co-promote some open mats. We'll do some stuff. Get our students training with yours. Your students training with mine. Be cool. Jake Sounds told good. me that you were. Sounds uh, good. You did some private lessons. You coached him as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, on, or like in the morning, only only he wake up in the morning, come to the class. Yeah. 
That's what happens when you have kids. You get there. Yep. You get to the old people classes. No, I become early too. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's uh, right. let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Young, I appreciate you coming on, man. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's my pleasure too. Let's do this again, man. It was yes, really nice yes, chatting with yes, you. Yes, yes, excellent. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Jake, mm-hmm. I love you, dude. I appreciate you. Thank you, Young. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate you too, guys. Everybody, check thank out you. Equilibrium Chain with Tokyo. Train at Stronghold. As soon as we can get jujitsu, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's sort out something together, man. We yes, just get together, yes, we'll train. Yes. Of course. All right, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is the Stronghold podcast, and we are out. Mm-hmm.